Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, football, college football, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And joining us on the Caniasada is former major leaguer and one of the hosts of the Ring the Bell podcast, which you can listen to on our network, on the Believe Network. That's Heath Bell. Heath, ¿cómo estás, amigo? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. So, um, Heath, you got to let us know, like, what the heck happened this season? I I was made to look bad because I learned from the trauma of last year uh-huh. when they beat the Dodgers that I'm like, all right, that's it. it they the show pods are here now. They're they're gonna take over. They were my pick to win the division. And look, I look at the numbers and it doesn't make sense to me because isn't their starting pitching pretty good? Uh, yeah, their starting pitching is pretty good. I think what happened this year, I'm not in the clubhouse, so I'm just speculating and stuff. But um, I think what happened is there was no team camaraderie, there was no team unity. I think they were just out there trying to play and it was almost like not playing as a team and playing about I'm, I'm struggling right now. So I have to worry about me and it's, you know, how they say there's no I in team, but there is an M and an E. And I think they were using that and it was all about me. What can I do? You know, I signed a huge contract. I did this, I did that. Not about what can I do to help the team out. And also I think the front office did not help whatsoever. Um, in early in the year, we had so many different lineups and they figured out Kim is a good leadoff man, uh, but it took him three fourths of the year to figure that out. Um, they had Soto in the lineup, uh, hitting the two hole. And then after like two months or a month went by, they realized his bad numbers is horrible in the two hole. He should be hitting in the three hole. But, you know, this is a team about all about numbers and, and doing this and that, and they didn't know any of this. So, you know, it's one of those things, you know, so Soto's a great player. He gets on base, doesn't steal bases. And if we're not getting base hits at when he's on base, then how can we score him? So what, what's good as a walk, you know, we need to start swinging the bat. And um, it's one of those things. I don't, I see the, us taking a lot of first pitch strikes and not being aggressive and we're more pessimistic. Look at, the, look at the year. Our manager called out some players without calling out players going, you know, I'd really want our players to work really hard. You know, they kind of know who they are. I want everybody to, you know, be excited about where they play. Like Tatis, when he came back, he's playing right field. He's just happy to be in the lineup, this and that. We need other guys being like that too. There's some, there's some players that came out and said, you know, we just kind of gave up. You know, we need to stay basically between the lines. They basically said um, we need to figure out how not to give up in games. He didn't they didn't say that those exact words, but you could you could read what they were saying. So I really feel it's a lot of finger pointing, a lot of, well, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Um, I don't think we had a team leader. Um Maybe Machado is not the team leader that we all thought he was. Maybe he is. I don't know, but I'm just, I'm speculating. I'm trying to figure out exactly what happened. And on the outside, this is what I see is when he's struggling, maybe he doesn't lead when he does well, maybe he leads. So we don't have, 
we don't have one guy. I mean, I'd lo- it's hard to say oh, you want Eric Cosmer back, but um, you know, he was kind of a team leader last year, even though he wasn't doing well. And last year, here's the thing. Last year we went out and got a bunch of sh- first basements. It kind of got us to the playoffs and we beat you guys. This year we went out and got a lot of shortstops. Didn't work. So here's my thing. Who's to blame? Yes, you could say the hitting coach because the hitting coach isn't doing well or whatnot, or the guys aren't listening or whatnot. I don't know. Manager, I don't know. I think Bob Melvin, if he makes the lineups every day, yes, he's at fault. But whoever's making the lineups or whoever's in charge of making the lineups, and I have a funny suspicion that's the front office, that's AJ, he needs to be responsible you know, what, what's going to happen to him? Because he's tried so many things in San Diego. Yeah, we got really excited last year when we beat you guys. But that's it. I mean, gosh, we just brought Profar back. What's going on? I mean, he didn't do well with Colorado. Yeah, we signed him. Why did we sign him? You know, are we making a playoff push? What are we doing? I mean, we're seven games out. Technically, we're still in it. We still have a chance. I'm not giving up hope. But it's not looking good. It's not looking good because I don't think everybody's going in the same direction. I bet you half of our team has already realized that ah, we're out of it. We're not, you know, we're not going to the playoffs. And the other, and probably there's only, I wouldn't even say half, but I'd say there's a small percentage of Padre fans or players in the front office or whatnot are saying we still got a chance. And if all 26 guys and the coaches and the training staff were thinking, Hey, we got a chance, then we might have a chance, but I don't believe everybody is thinking that right now. And that's the problem. We're not all going the same direction. And that's kind of the cliff note version of what happened to the Padres this year. I mean, there were so many high hopes. You know, they here's the, here's the one good hope that all the Padre fans can hope for, or maybe the Dodger fans can fear that I don't think they fear us at all, especially after this year, is if you don't explode the team, Maybe the team can come together this offseason and show up what they're supposed to show up, you know, this year to show up, show up next year, what they were supposed to do this year. Maybe it took them a whole year to figure it out. I don't know. But on paper, they should be a really good team. And we're, have you we ever suck? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been a part of a ball club like that where clearly the expectations are not there. It's getting towards the end of the season. Like you just said, you're on the verge. Technically we're not eliminated. We're still in it. But if it's true, what you're saying where some people are already checked out and like, ah, we're, we're done. Like what, what's that kind of energy? Like what kind of energy are the show pods going to bring when they show up in LA on Monday? Are they going to try to beat the Dodgers or are they already in like, let's just finish off the season. Uh, personally, I think half the team's going to show up and the other half's not. But um, the only team I was ever a part of was when I signed as free agent to go to Minnesota, or, uh, Miami. But we they traded everybody midseason. You know, they started trading mm-hmm. people like at the all the All Star right after the All Star break. And and the worst part is we were only four games out of the division at the time. I mean, we were last place in April, and then in May we were in second place and then in june we were like four games back and they were like okay let's get rid of everybody front office did not believe in us the players some believed in us some didn't and it was frustrating because the guys we wanted like we got a shot we just got to figure this out when you put a you know we had six brand new guys come to an organization big name guys you kind of it takes a while for everybody to kind of click to kind of get together and get the rhythm. And we all knew that. So we were trying to go the same direction, but our front office was not where I think the Padres front office wants to win. But I mean, some of the trades they've done makes no sense whatsoever. Um, So I, you know, the players are going to go out there and they're going to give it their all. But deep down, when I say some are not going to show up deep down, you if you already believe that you're out of it, you didn't show up. That's the thing. You know, the Dodgers believe that they're going to win the World Series, so they're going to think nothing else. But if you have some guys in the clubhouse in Dodger Stadium right now going, oh, we're going to win the division, but we're not going to, we're not going to win the World Series, you'll kind of know who those guys are, and they're not going to play, and they're not going to be excited, and you're probably going to kick them out of the locker room. <laughs> So, but in San Diego situation, you can't really do that. So it's, um, 
Well, yeah. So there's two people that take a test. One person studies all week and does a lot of homework and gets prepared for the test. They show up, they do their best. Another person just shows up, didn't study at all and does their best. Both of them, you could say, did their best, but one was prepared and one was trying to succeed to the best of their ability. The other one can say, well, I tried my best. I tried to do really well. I tried to ace it, but did you even prepare yourself for it? You know, did you have your right mindset? You know, like, hey, I want to get an A on this test, so I should study for it. Where somebody else is, I want an A on this test, but I'm not going to study. You know, who's really there doing their best? I mean, both of them you can say are doing their best, but really one is doing their best and the other one's half-assing it. So did they make a mistake? Should they have traded? Uh, should they have made different moves uh, at the trade deadline? Because you mentioned it earlier. I know Soto tried playing it back, but that was really bad, right? When he made that comment of sometimes we quit. I should in hindsight, should they have tried to upload some of these guys like Hater, like Snell, and try to get something? Or is that sending the wrong message to the fan base? I'm thinking they should have done something. They should have done something as in Whoever, I mean, if it was Hater, one of those guys that maybe is out for himself, I don't know if he is. He's had a great year so far. Um, maybe, you know, trade him because you have other guys in the pen that um, can close out games and get something. Schnell, maybe, but it was almost like they, they wanted to um, have a possible Cy Young winner, you know, that was more enticing than, you know, winning. But like when we go out and get, I can't think of his name right now. It was Pittsburgh. Um, Rich Hill. What's that? Oh, oh uh, Choi. Choi that um, he's like leading. He was in the top national league with runners on scoring, you know, scoring position. And that's one of the things that the Padres do bad. So like my son was all hyped about him and I was like, so what's he going to do? Just pitch hit. He's like, no, no. I'm like, well, how can we guarantee that people are going to be on base when, He's, you know, he's up to bat unless he's just a pitch hitter. And then he's not a pitch hitter from Pittsburgh. So therefore now he's, his job has just changed. Now he plays like majority of the time or part-time to just getting one at bat a game. I mean, that's going to be hard difference. I, even though you're at a professional and you're at the top of the top, you know, it's hard to hit off the bench. It's hard to be a pitch hitter. It's, it's hard to play every day. You know, the, the grind of, you know, being out there every day. So it just, it didn't make any sense. And then bringing a Hill, do we not have any starters in AAA that can come up and bridge the gap? I mean, Hill is, I mean, I could go out there and pitch as good as Hill right now. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Rich is a good pitcher. He's awesome, you know, left-handed. But if I was left-handed, man, I'd keep playing like he is. I mean, it's Jamie Moyer, man. Just go out there and flip it up and hopefully they get themselves out. And then here's another part is people say Petco Park's a hard place to hit the home, you know, home runs. Well, they're not a hard, hard time hitting off Hill. So <laughs> now I want to, I, I want to ask you about your favorite person in the world, because you had mentioned it before uh, the front office and, and Preller. So is Bob Melvin going to be a scapegoat or, I mean, at this point, how much longer can Preller of, does he have pictures of somebody? I mean, I mean, doesn't this have to fall on him the way this team was constructed and it didn't perform? You think it would. If Bob Melvin goes, um, the Seidler family has to get rid of AJ. I mean, I mean, when is AJ ever going to be responsible for what he does? I mean, he, he wiped our farm system when he first came in here and brought a bunch of, you know, like Matt Kemp and I was still playing at the time, Kimbrough and all these guys that – at the end of their careers, they, people didn't want, and it didn't do well. Then he had to reboot. And his big thing was, well, I got Tatis because I got, you know, I traded, I, I signed James Shields for four years and then I traded him and got Tatis, but Tatis was an able, you didn't know Tatis was going to be Tatis junior. You didn't, that didn't happen. And then you go out and get Machado, you know, for 300 million. It's great. You know, you go out and get Eric Cosmer and really pan out. You get Machado he Machado's the reason Tatis Jr. started the season off the way he did. But then you have to wonder, 
was he taking a cream? Was he taking steroids the whole time? Did he just get caught this time? Because this year he's hit so many balls to the warning track, you know, and I think, and I'm not saying he's doing it now and I'm not saying he did it then, but I'm starting to think, you know, he hit so many balls this year and they just didn't go out, but they were out They were, They went out, you know, a year and a half ago. So it's like wonder. Um, so, so somebody has to be responsible and I don't think it's the manager. I think the manager's done everything. Bob has done everything he's try, he's had. And also here's the other aspect. If a manager is not making the lineup, what is the manager really doing? He's inspiring the guys and he's taking control of the bullpen. Well, we've all known Bob Melvin messed up a couple times over the course of the year, but nobody's perfect. But if he's not making the lineup every day, then what, Who's who's making the lineup? That person is, needs to be responsible. I mean, who is it? So it Let's know. Tell us. It, has that been going on for a while? I mean, out here, you know, we all are convinced that Andrew Friedman is is making the lineup, and that Dave Roberts just you know goes along with it. I mean, I can't confirm it, but it just it feels like that. I feel like after games, we have to wait a long time. And I always feel like Andrew Friedman is giving Roberts an earful, uh, you know, about how the game went. Are the Padres doing that? I think about 80% of the teams are doing that. Here's the thing. I can't be certain that that's exactly what I can't be 100% certain that that's what's happened with Bob Melvin. But I am 100% sure that happened with the last two managers that the Padres had because I talked to the last two Padre managers that we had. That's exactly what was happening. He got handed a lineup. Now, Bob Melvin is not a rookie manager. But why would things change? I mean, I'm pretty sure in Oakland, Bob Melvin kind of got handed the lineup too. <laughs> but nobody expected Oakland to win, small market club. You go out and sign a bunch of guys, you expect – the club to win, you know, maybe Bob Melvin's not as good as manager as we thought, but I still think he's a great guy and, and a great motivator, but it's just, it's not working. But then again, if guys aren't going to respect our manager or, or listen to our manager, nothing you can do to motivate somebody. If nobody gives you the respect, you can't motivate somebody that's not going to listen to you. So I don't think Bob Melvin is the scapegoat. I don't, I, if it is, the Seidler family better start looking at the mirror and start looking in house and stop relying on one person to make decisions. You know, I mean, here's the thing, you know, in LA Freeman got there. Um, things changed, didn't it? Yeah. You guys started winning. So if you bring somebody in and you say you got full reins and things start winning and start going really well, even when like this year you guys struggled, nobody really complained because he's like, Andrew's got a chance. He's got a track record of doing really well. If you bring somebody in and say you got full range and he's tried a bunch of things and they haven't worked, when do you decide that person is the problem? Hmm. Think about it. If you're, if you're a businessman, when do you think that person is the problem? I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I am saying think about it. You know, if you're relying on one person, yeah, your ticket sales have gone up. People notice the Padres, but now you're starting to be, I, I, I don't want to say that Padres are a joke, but nobody talks about the Padres anymore. It's just like, well, that should have happened. This should have happened. What if it, what if we keep everything the same next year and we're not really going to lose anybody, maybe Kim, but maybe we'll bring him back. We could have pretty much the same team. What's going to change? You think a new manager is going to happen and all of a sudden things are going to get better? You know, I could even say, do you think a new GM is going to happen and things are going to get better? But that's your leader. That that person tells your manager, this is the direction I want to go in. This is what I want you to do this year. And then the manager trickles down to the players, coaches to the players, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it goes from ownership to G to baseball operations or GM. I still like calling them GM. And then it goes down to your coaches and then goes down to your players. And I know the Seidler family's in, they want to win. They're doing everything possible to win. I mean, shit, he walks around the stadium. 
you know, and meets all the fans and stuff like that. What are, what other owner does that really, except Mark Cuban and Mark Cuban wants to win. So here's the thing. What are we going to do? Are we just going to be really happy? Because like, here's the MO of the Padres the last 10 years. Well, September, we, we had a better record than anybody in September. Even my years when we were under 500, we had a better September. We're ready for next year. Well, we're, we're playing against teams that are bringing up young guys that are trying to find out if they are, they're good enough. You know, we're still trying to play. We weren't bringing up guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens this offseason. You know, is, does the side of their family really want to take control and say, hey, maybe I need to get some more baseball people in the front office instead of number people? Um, so I, I don't know. And I know in LA, I've talked to Dave Roberts in the past. Um, he has conversations with the front office, you know, it, they, if Dave, Dave can sell and say, this is what I really want to happen. And they'll, and they've had a good relationship. So, I mean, he has to fight for it, but he can do things because they both showed that, they know what they're doing, and they're both in the same direction. So I think they, they're they're working together. But if you don't have guys working together, you don't have a team. You just have a bunch of guys playing baseball. Uh, last one for you, Heath. Um, you, you mentioned Seidler, and so what is going on with the base with the TV deal over there? So. It seems like with Bally's going bankrupt, it, it, it it's like a metaphor for what's actually going on with the Dodgers. I mean, with the, the show pods. Could you see Seidler maybe doing something like Cohen did with the Mets and been like, all right, we're going to we're going to restart this and basically admitting we probably aren't going to be competitive until 2025 gets rid of Scherzer, gets rid of Verlander. Could Seidler say, hey, you know what? That's it. I've given all of you guys a chance. I, I, we we got to start, start this over and we got to build it the right way. No, I don't see the side of the family doing that. I don't see, I don't see that being the right direction it, with the Mets. They just went out and high, they've been um, basically, high, you know, signed a bunch of guys. The Padres have a good nucleus, have a good team together. They just need to figure out how to get everybody going the same direction. That's all it is. Everybody get on the same page. It's kind of like the Yankees back in the late 90s or early 2000s. Hey, you're an everyday outfielder, but we need you to come here and just bat against lefties. You know, before all the Quest Tech and all that stuff started going on, Moneyball and all that. We need you to hit against lefties. We need you to hit against righties. But they knew everybody was going the same direction, and they went out and got, like, the best players and threw all the money at them. So they win, but it was almost like, Hey, if I go here, I'm going to, I'll play a lesser role, but I know I have a chance to win the championship. It's just kind of like the Patriots did a couple years ago. Um, it's kind of like, um, you know, basketball, I'd say maybe the Lakers did for a while back, you know, not recently um, where like, Hey, I'll play a lesser role so we can win, you know, with the bulls and, you know, in the eighties and, this in the nineties and the Celtics back in the eighties. So it's the Padres don't need to disband and, and blow it up. They just need to figure out some way to get everybody on the same direction. You know, if, if that's a manager having their back and forgetting about what the front office says, even if he gets fired or not, if that's a new front office, if that's bringing in, a clubhouse guy that, you know, brings everybody together. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not in the clubhouse, so I don't know exactly what they need, but they need something. They don't need to blow up. They just need to get everybody on the same page, go in the same direction, kind of like what the Dodgers have. And I believe Dave Roberts does that with everybody. The young guy comes up, takes him under his wing and said, don't worry about this. We're going to help you get, you know, be the best you can possibly be. So don't get discouraged if you don't play all the time or this, or, Hey, I know you're a shortstop, but I need you to go play center field. I need you to do this, but this is the best thing for the team. Cause don't worry. Eventually, if you do well, eventually you'll play first. Eventually you'll play short. They've done that to players. Eventually you'll be a starter, you know, but we need you in the pin right now. You know, everybody agrees and goes, okay. But if you have a reliever that goes, no, I want to start. And they say, well, 
it would help, it would help us out if you can be a reliever right now, but I want to start. Then they're not helping the team win. It's all about themselves. You know, it's, it's kind of like there, there's two, there's two guys, there's two guys that we picked up this off season that made no, well, one, I really liked Wooka or Wacha. Or, uh, Waka. 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 I can never pronounce his name. It's like, you know, Chewy, Chewbacca. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, he's good. He's a solid pitcher. You know, he's not the best, not the worst, but he's a good number three pitcher that's going to go out there and give you a chance to win. And then we got Lugo that was a reliever for the Mets for the last couple of years, but he had it in his contract that he needed to start. Why? You know, say if you win the starting role, okay, great. But don't put it in your contract. You have to have like four starts, you know, four or five starts in your, you know, before you decide if you go to the pin or whatnot. I mean, what is that? And give them a multi-year deal. So that doesn't make any sense to me. But that's that's our front office. You know, why are they doing that? You know, um, you know, I, I really don't like those uh, you know, Machado is a great, great player, could possibly be a Hall of Famer, but I don't like when you sign a 10-year deal and then after what? four or five years, you're like, well, I'm going to opt out because I want more money. Just don't like those deals. You know, um, I think Kershaw had one of those, but I just, I'm not a big fan of those. So, you know, it's kind of like, well, if do you want to stay here or do you not want to stay here? You know? So anyway, and I just think it's, it's one of those things that I don't think getting rid of a bunch of guys, but if we got to get rid of some guys because they're the cancer in the clubhouse, then get rid of that guy. Don't get rid of a bunch. We don't need, we don't need to do what the Mets did. I don't believe the Padres need to do that, but I need, do believe the Padres need to do something. If it's moving one guy, if it's getting everybody in the same direction, they just need to do something, you know, and it's whatever they're doing right now, it's not working, you know, you know, the definition of sanity is keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So that's what the show Padres are doing right now. You know, they're insanity Padres right now. So they got to figure something out. You know, I mean, gosh, mix up the lineup one time, you know, put Tatis as the four, uh, the four hole, put Machado as the nine hole, put Soto as like the seven hole. See if that works. I, you know, I don't know. Just mix it up. But it's like, we're just going to do the same thing over and over again. And it's not working. You know, if it's working, great, keep it up. But if it's not working, got to mix it up somehow. You know, have have Kim make the lineup one day. <laughs> Shit, it's not going to get any worse. <laughs> Think about Wait, it. Put, so put out there on Twitter, hey, fans, give me a lineup. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But he, you mentioned it. It's going to be a very interesting offseason for them, but how crazy can next year look for them It'll be the last year of Soto in the offseason. Will they make a run for Shohei? Because it seems like Seidler just, it doesn't matter how much money. I mean, that guy just seems to have endless pockets and they just throw money at everybody. Well, here's the thing. If we go get in Shohei, where's he going to play? You know, you're going to have to get rid of Soto if you want him to play. I think Tati should be a center fielder, you know? If we're not going to have him at shortstop, why not put him in center? He's so fast, you know. But we so so why is that? Why do why did they put him in right? Is it just because of Grisham? They have more faith in Grisham out in center. Well, Grisham, uh, what I keep hearing is he's a Gold Glove winner, but he's bats two hundred. So what? He doesn't make the team better, you know. Just like Profar, we he didn't make our team better, but apparently we re-signed him. But our front office, for <laughs> some reason, loves the guy. You know, I'm not a big Grisham family. I'm, I just, I'm not, I think he's a great guy personally, but I just don't like his talent. I don't think for this team, for the Padres, for this year's team, yes, he's a great center fielder. But for a playoff Padre team, even though he did really well and he tore it up and he, he's one of the reasons we beat the Mets, he, you know, he got hot, but 
he, you know, that can happen to anybody. So, Keith, would you want to be a consultant? It seems like someone in the show pods needs a truth serum. You're out here. And, and you know, it, it, what you're saying, I, I guess it must be tough because you're a former major leaguer. And of course, people are be like, how can you be crapping on me? But sometimes you have to hear the truth and be like, it's two different things. You're a cool dude, but you're not producing on the field. And this is about results. Yeah, it's it, here's the one thing. Start off the year, I was big on Weathers. And I said, Weathers, what he needs to do if he doesn't make the starting lineup, you know, the rotation, the worst thing they can do to him is put him in the bullpen. What they can do is stick him in AAA and say, if you dominate down there and we need somebody, we'll bring you up. But if you suck down here or just pitch average, we're not going to bring you up. Like, I believe if a manager in a front office is really – if they're, if they're truth, if they're very truthful to their players, their players may not like it, but they respect them and realize, Hey, I need to get my breaking ball better. Or in AAA, I need to have under a three RA. I can't just have quality starts in the big leagues. I need to get a win, not a quality start. You know, I need to go out there and get batters out three or less pitches. Not, well, I'm going to use this guy as a reliever. And then I'm going to start him and then I'm going to relieve him. And then I'm going to start him like Nick has done, you know, the last couple of years, but that takes a toll on you mentally and physically bring guys up and say, Hey, we need you throw hard. We want to bring you up as a reliever this year. So practice in the minors as a reliever. And then after, if we see you can do it, then we're going to start you. Um, St. Louis has done that to multiple guys. They did that to Wainwright. We want you to relieve, be a setup, you know, closer slash whatever, and then the next year, you know, so you have a month in the big leagues and whatnot. Then next year, we're going to start you. But you have to produce. You got to do well. Not just, well, he's got a great arm and his numbers, you know, do great. Just like, you know, I just heard somebody say, well, you know, our run differential is better than most people in the wild card race. Great. Great. You know, like, <laughs> wow. I would rather have a shitty run differential and have more wins and be 500. <laughs> You know, I would rather be like 15 and four with a horrible spin rate and an okay curveball and an okay fastball. But guess what? I win games. For some reason, the team scores six or seven runs behind me, and I only give up three runs, three or four runs. That's what I would like instead of, well, I don't give up any runs, and I'm, at, I'm 10 and 10, but my ERA is at a two. Because guess what? That's about me. That's not about the team. You know, we got to figure some way out. I mean, it, it's weird. You know, when my year, Jake Peavy won the Cy Young. Jake, for some reason, I mean, we didn't score a bunch of runs. We didn't have a great offense. But when Jake would pitch, we would score like two runs, one or two runs. But when Greg Maddox pitched, and Greg Maddox was in the tail end of his career, or Cy, Chris Young, you know, the, the general manager yeah. for the Rangers now, when they would pitch, we would score like five. It was it was the weirdest thing. It was almost like our hitters went, okay, Jake's not going to give up any runs. We only have to score one or two. You know, Greg Maddox and Chris Young is going to give up like three runs. So we got to score four, five or six. And it's not that easy. But in your head, you just think that. Like I remember the days we were facing Kershaw. Adrian Gonzalez is sitting in my locker next to me and going, man, I got to face Kershaw. I guess there's going to have 0 for 4 day, you know, and he did, I think he did decent against Kershaw, but that was the, maybe that ways to psych himself up or to psych himself out that, Hey, I just got to go make contact or something. But guys say that in the locker room, guys say this, and I understand the head games of baseball, how it's really mental over physical. I mean, you got to have the physical aspect, but it's more mental where I think guys nowadays it's about, I mean, uh, where do I play on defense? How do I pitch to this guy? <laughs> if I didn't know how to pitch to somebody and I forgot a scouting report or this or that, I didn't make the team. I wasn't out there. So now it's we got cheat sheets. That's all we got to do. Oh, okay. Let me move over here. Let me move over here. You know, I listen to the analytics guys instead of having baseball knowledge. We need to get back to Here's the thing. Bochy said at the best, and that's why I think the Rangers are doing well, even though they kind of fall in the last couple of days. 
Bochi said, the analytics helps me make my baseball decisions. And if you use analytics to make your decisions, you're going to end up being like the Braves when they when they gave uh, Upton 84, 80 some odd million dollars and Upton hit 180. And you're possibly going to be like the Padres right now where they should at least be in the hunt. We should at least be behind the Dodgers or in front of the Dodgers. We should be kind of, we should be in the wild card race or at least, you know, we should be there, but we're not, you know, we should be above 500. Let me put it that way. And it's not working. It's not working. So they need baseball knowledge. They need the mental part of the game, you know, more than they need the physical aspect and, I mean, the mental part helped me play my game and helped me raise to where I was. I mean, Greg Max used to say certain things all the time because I think mentally he's really strong. Trevor Hoffman, I think mentally is really strong. But I think some of these guys nowadays are not mentally really strong. They're really upset because, like, you know, Soto, I, I'm not saying he's not mentally strong, but he slipped up and said, hey, we got to stop giving up. Mm-hmm. I think he was so frustrated that – it let it let out, you know. Well, so there's something in the clubhouse that people are giving up. You know, like you said, he tried to walk it back and this and that, but he was so frustrated. He had he he probably tried stuff in the clubhouse and it didn't work. So he probably he went public, and that really didn't work because somebody probably yelled at him. But it happens. So I don't know. The Padres need. They just need something. You know, they need. Um, I mean, I, hey, I'll, I'll, you can hire me to do something, but, <laughs> but it's you need to have somebody come in mentally and figure this out. You know, get the players, you know, I, I don't know, yell at the players. Bench somebody and say, if you don't run hard, you're benched. I don't care how much money you make. You know, figure it out. I mean, kind of like what Belichick says. But if you don't do it my way, screw it. You're not going to play. You know, he puts the best person out there. Now, and right now, I think that Padres, if you're not going to do it my way, okay, we'll just keep trying. Because <laughs> it's not, they haven't changed anything. What have they changed? What have we changed all year? I mean, you guys have been probably, you know, the Dodgers probably changed a few things. You know, right. you guys have some injuries and stuff, changed a few things. It kind of worked, but kind of came as, don't worry about it, long season, long season. <laughs> We've been doing the same thing since April, and it hasn't worked. See, this is why I love having you on the show, Heath. You, you, you tell us the truth. You tell us, and, and you have the great perspective, uh, you know, back there. I know it's been a tough season for your show, Pods. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I don't know what's what? tougher for you. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to end on a positive. Um, I wanted to ask Keith about um, you pitched for the uh, Savannah Bananas. How was that? Like, I, I saw your entrance. And yeah. You did your old school entrance, ran in. Slid yeah, in. slid, and uh, Savannah Bananas are – it's so much fun to go out there and play. I mean, it's like a big show, but you're playing baseball, and it's literally everything you'd ever want to do when you played in the big leagues, like stuff you would do in the minor leagues, but you're like, well, we can't do that in the big leagues. They do that and more. You know, it's like if you want to walk up and wiggle your butt or, you know, throw behind a guy because you're messing with him, kind of like, it's kind of like an all-star game, pickup game, um, Sunday league you know, all put into one. And it's, it's really fun. I mean, Jesse does a great job there. And he, he basically says, if you have any ideas, let us know. Even if you come up with something during the game, let us know. We'll, we'll try to incorporate that in. We'll try to do this. We'll try to do that. So it's, 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 it's so much fun. And the fans are um, interacting 24 seven. So, I mean, it's kind of like, it's, it's almost like, picture day in the big leagues where you have a smile for like 45 minutes. And at the end of the day, at the end of the 45 minutes hour of just smiling and taking pictures all the time, your cheeks are so like tired, you're smiling and you're having a good time the whole two hours. And the cool part is, you know, there's a, cl- there's a, you know, there's a clock two, two hours and it just goes down. So you can look and go, okay, we got 37 minutes left, you know, and they've never had a game go over two hours. So it's, uh, it's pretty fun. It's exciting. Wow. Uh, hey, Heath, um, I don't, I, like I said, the, the, the Padres, they had a, the show pods had a tough season, but what was tougher for you watching the show pods play or doing a show with Borna and listening <laughs> to Borna's rants. And I, I mean, I, I worry about Borna's health sometimes where it's just like, 
California. You can't let this impact your life. Yeah, you know, he's not that bad. You know, I think the problem, the hardest part with the show was there wasn't too much to be excited about. And then we didn't want to do, we didn't do as much shows as we want because I just didn't want to keep being negative. And it was like, ah, oh, you know, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to have some positivity. So we kind of vowed the rest of the season to try to be positive, but it's still kind of hard. Um, it's watch, watching the Padres. It really is. This year it's been so hard because what they did, how they finished last year and what they accomplished, you think, okay, they figured it out. They kind of feel like, hey, we can beat the Dodgers. It's okay if we lose to regular season. It's okay. We can do this. And they showed up and went, oh, yeah, last, it was almost like last year was a dream and it wasn't real or something, you know. They, they got scared somehow. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'm probably not saying the right words. But like I said, at the end of the day, the Padres are a really good team. Just they're not all going the same direction. So uh, the Padres need to figure that out. If it's the front office, if it's the coach, the whole coaching staff, if it's just getting one player out of there, I don't know. But they're not all going the same direction. You know, we kind of – I hate to say it, but we kind of need to look up north a little bit and go, what are they doing? Like I'll give you one thing that I learned this year because uh, I don't want to go as far and just say do what the Dodgers are doing. <laughs> I don't, sorry. I actually – Yeah. I don't, I'm not a big fan of you guys, but I love a lot of your coaches and players, <laughs> you know, because I played against them and co they coach for me. So I love a lot of them. But anyway, and, and I love the stadium because growing up in Orange County, you know, it's kind of like that, you know, it's an old stadium. And I just love the mystique and the old stuff, you know, old Hershiser yeah. played there and all those great guys. Anyway, I heard what the Dodgers did a few years ago, and this is probably when Freeman came in is he went out and got the play, the coaches, um, the best coaches for the farm system. He got them um, the best nutritionists. He took the crappy stuff that I'd get ticked at out of the locker room. He made sure that the guys, they had good rest. They had better beds than the cheap old beds. They, they got these guys prepared to be able to perform their best ability from a ball to the big leagues why isn't more clubs doing that? It's almost like you don't get the luxury until you get to the big leagues, you know? And I think it's proven the Dodgers, it's, they don't have better scouts because every Dodger scout out there, I'm pretty sure that you see other scouts out there. So it's, it's the same kids. It's just, they develop better in their system. So what are the Dodgers doing in their system? You know, it's kind of like a couple of years ago, the call, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, seemed like every prospect was coming from there. And then a couple of years ago it was Houston, but you know, maybe it was a trash can, maybe it was good scouting. <laughs> I don't know. But um, the Dodgers always seem to have really good players come up. They develop really well. So whatever you guys are doing is great. And I think other people need to look upon that and invest in their investments and just don't invest in the top draft guys. You know, and I so I give kudos to the Dodgers. I found that out a couple of weeks ago that they've been doing that for a couple of years. And I'm like, you know, Andrew, as a GM that I had in Tampa, and it's funny because I can still call him today and he'll pick up the phone. I haven't called him in two years, but two years ago I gave him a call and he picked up the phone. And I had thought he wasn't going to pick up the phone. So that's that's what I think a GM should be or baseball president you know, operations, whatever they're called now, they're still GMs. <laughs> they're still GMs to me, but they're just doing things the right way. They're just trying to, they're trying to make their organization be a dynasty from the bottom to the top. And that's how you're supposed to do it. You know, it's, you got to have, why, you know, some one, one coach told me once, why don't you put the best coaches in like a ball and double a your first year guys to teach them, this is how to do it. And then at AAA, just have the babysitters, the guys that come in and, <laughs> hey, you do this, you do that, have some big league experience and go, hey, the next level's like this. It's not like this. But you got to have the really good coaches when they're young and impressionable. You know, that's it. You can't, you can't have your rovers. Your rovers aren't your best coaches because they're not there day in and day out. They just come in for a week here and go in there a week there. They should be just, you know, a good assistance. So I don't know. 
And I think the Dodgers are doing really well with their farm system right now. And it's not about winning in the farm system. It's about developing in the farm system. And I hate when – I hate it. The Padres the last couple of years had the best farm system. I hated hearing that. Because you tell me one organization has the best farm system that wins World Series. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it doesn't happen. If you have good guys in the farm system, they go to the big leagues. Or they stay in the minor leagues and they're just a good – they're a good minor league player. Yeah. Well, I'd rather be a big leaguer than a really good minor league player. So, anyway. And, and Heath, I got to ask you, because you're so honest and, and you give this great perspective <laughs> – this day and age in the media, there is a lot of media that is team friendly. And, and, and unfortunately, I think that's what lends itself to access. If you're critical, you lose access. Have you ever experienced any of that? Because you tell the truth about the show pods that all of a sudden the team is a little less friendly to you or won't let you get access to certain information. I'm known as being very truthful, but not, I don't, I don't say the things that are not true. I'm not like brutally honest, but I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Well, that's hurt me in a lot of opportunities to get jobs in professional baseball, especially with the Padres. They just don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear somebody being honest. You know, I, I, I remember playing once and there was two guys <laughs> and it was like, they had the same stuff. And one had darker skin. One was a Latin player. Another one was American player. And this guy, he's got potential. And I'm like, they're both 22. They're both coming from college. They're both 22. They both throw 90 to 92. They both have sliders. Okay, changeup. Not a great slider, but it was, you know, and I go, this guy's slider, the American guy, I go, I think he's a little bit better you know, slider wise, cause he throws a little bit more strikes or, I mean, it's the first, the only bullpen I saw. I go, no, but that guy has potential. Potential of what? You know, and it was just like, what are you guys thinking of in the minor leagues? Like you got potential, you know, I have potential of running the, you know, being the fastest guy alive, but it's not going to happen because <laughs> you know, I got really strong legs, but you need some honesty. And I think that's hurt me in a lot of ways because I've tried to work with the Padres. I've, you know, I haven't in the last year or so, but I tried getting jobs when I first retired and I got the gist that I'm not a company guy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm too honest. I'm a wild card. And I go, I've never bagged a team. Like right now you could say that I'm, I'm down on the Padres, but I'm really not. If you listen to what I'm saying, I'm just frustrated like every fan out there and, this might be going on. This might be going on. You got to figure something out. You can't do the same thing over and over again and expect different results. But that's what we need. We need honesty. You know, if you're going to lie to yourself, then you're going to lie to everybody else. And you're just going to be a liar. You need some honesty. You know, I wasn't the perfect pitcher. I wasn't the perfect body type. I wasn't the per, I'm not the per, the all answers to this, but you need some honesty once in a while. And I've, if you look at me, and you've ever looked at my career and I've had some good years and I've had some bad years. I've never bagged on a team that I played for. I've never bagged on the Mets, the Marlins, the Rays, the Padres. You know, I said, well, we've had, we had problems and I was very honest and open to those problems, but I never said this was the worst team I ever played for. No, there's a lot of great things that happened, but we didn't do well. And that, yeah, but it has hurt me in the past, you know, and I'm trying to get back to, I'm trying to get back into coaching and baseball and it's, it's, it's hurt me. But the funny thing is I've coached some college summer ball teams. Actually, that's my, that's what I've been doing lately. Um, and some fall teams and trying to get some assistant coaching jobs in college. Cause it's, you know, or pro ball, we'll see how this winter goes. I might go to winter meetings, but um, it's every player I've ever played for. I mean, every player that I've ever coached, has always said, thank you. And I've been brutally honest with those guys, but I'm honest as in, like I had this one player, I said, look, you're really good, but it looks like you don't care. You just show up. Like you're not even taking it seriously on deck because on deck, are you even watching the pitcher? You're just over there swinging and talking to the guys. I said, that's, that's a problem. And he actually came to me two weeks later and goes, yeah, coach, I'm, I'm sorry for that. I'm not going to do that anymore, but 
And he actually became one of really one of our best players on the team. It took him two or three weeks to figure it out. But I was just like, this is what's going on. This is why you're not hitting well. And I'm not, and I tell every player I ever say, look, I'm a C hitting coach. I'm probably an A plus pitching coach, but I can teach you the mental game better than anybody else can. I can, I can see what other coaches don't see. You see, you're not hitting well. I see on deck, you're not giving a hoot. You're not giving a hoot to be in the hole. Are you even paying attention to the two batters in front of you to see what they're doing, how the pitcher is pitching to them? Or are you just going up and going, well, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. Well, what did he do to the other guys? And they're going, all of a sudden the light shines and goes, oh, yeah, I should be listening to that. I should be doing that. I'm like, yeah, I'm not the best hitting coach, but I can show you mentally how the pitcher is going to pitch you and what you should be prepared for. Oh, yeah. Like, there you go. So, but yeah, I will agree with you that me being very honest, it's it, a lot of people don't like that. And I'm hoping I can, during the winter meetings, I'm hoping one GM, one coach will like it and give me a chance. Cause you know, I've even told some clubs, I said, bring me in spring training, you know, fly me in, put me up. I'll pay for my own food. Give me two weeks. See if I'm worth anything. If I'm not send me home. You know, we don't have to sign anything. We don't have to hire me and just come in as a trial period, see if I'm worth anything. So, and clubs just don't want to take a chance on me. So we'll see. Uh, I, look, I, it, it's their loss, Heath. I really, I, look, I'm sorry. We totally went over on time, but I just, <laughs> I, I love listening to you tell it the way it is. Uh, we can't thank you enough for letting us know what's going on with the show pods, because there's still some of us on the show that are just fearing that, that they're going to come into LA and they're going to either take two out of three or sweep. And it's going to be like, what the hell's going on? You know, with this team, but I hope it, I hope that happens because <laughs> they're good enough to do that. They just, I, I just, it's something, you know, like last year we went to a bad bunny concert and all of a sudden we turned around. Apparently bad bunny is not performing this year. I don't know. So I don't know. There you, there you have it. So once again, thanks a lot, Heath. Uh, for those of you, you guys can check out his show. It's the Ring the Bell podcast with our friends Nick Kreider and Bors and Borna Nazari. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you a part of, his, of an organization, uh, Heath, in, in helping people develop and become major leaguers. But thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. And a big thank you once again to Heath Bell, one of the hosts of the Ring the Bell podcast on Believe. Uh, always have uh, fun having Heath on the show. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, before we leave you, though, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and to our YouTube channel. Why should you subscribe to our YouTube channel? Because guess what? We just dropped a new episode that is only just for YouTube. Only on YouTube will you find this episode. Cody Snavely, contributor to the Bleed Lows podcast. You see his writing on Dodgers Beat. He was in Washington all this weekend covering the Dodgers and the Nationals. He gives us the lowdown of what happened behind the scenes down there in Washington. So make sure you check out that YouTube episode. Yo ha sido su servidor Juan Ramirez de parte de mi colega Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 